The Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. I mean, do you really believe you could beat me in a straight-up old-fashioned fistfight? Let me tell you something. Me and you, one-on-one, no one else around, I will beat your ass like a Cherokee drum. Maybe one day we'll find out. Oh, you better hope that day never comes. Hey everyone, Ruben here with another Loose Cannons podcast. Coming at you, continuing in our series of discussing recent films. We're doing my pick today, which is 2017's The Fate of the Furious, directed by F. Gary Gray. But before we do that, let's do this little segment we like to call Heralds and Denouncements. Yeah. Um, So I am going to herald a movie called The Five Venoms, or uh, it's also known as The Five Deadly Venoms. Um, This is a. That question has been answered. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) With the question that we had from last time. Yes, it is actually The Five Deadly Venoms, also. yeah, it's a cool little kung fu movie. Um, it's about these five kung fu masters who were part of the poison school, and they all practice a different form of martial arts that deals with different types of poison. Uh, but there's like kind of a mystery as to who they are. This, there's the whole story is this one like final pupil from the school goes out and is trying to find them. But there's a whole subplot uh, involving them trying to find this money, and they don't know who's who because everybody's changed their names after they left the school so it's kind of a mystery and a backstabbing murder plot as well as a you know kick-ass kung fu movie so yeah a getting the gang back together movie yeah kind of kind of except the gang is all trying to kill each other so (laughs) So, (laughs) it's an interesting take yeah basil Um, i don't have anything to Harold or denounce. I saw some stuff that I felt positive and negative about, but both were mildly so. Still? Still. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Could Harold my job. You had a whole extra day. Yeah. And a half. <laughs> Harold my job, my that I'm working a lot at because we're understaffed. One person quit. And then another person uh, is in Portugal for two and a half weeks on vacation. Uh, yeah, very fancy. And then uh, um, a third person uh, was briefly in a coma and is reco- recovering from that. So, wow, not uh, at all fancy. At my work, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he's going to be fine. It seems like, but he also probably won't be back for many many months because I think he's moving back to his hometown to stay with his parents while he. Convalesces. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are increasingly yeah. serious reasons to be understaffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one person quit. One person took a three-week vacation to Portugal. Oh, and one person almost died. (laughs) (laughs) But you are heralding your job. That's a cool job, even though I'm working a lot. I I like it a lot. And uh, I'm still recovering financially from my own vacation to Las Vegas. So I'll take those extra hours. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) For the vacation recoup. Yep. All right, well, speaking of Vegas, I am going to herald the movie <laughs> called Win It All by Joe Swanberg. Oh, this um, is really surprising to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, look out, people. Uh, the surprises keep on coming. Um, I uh, Yeah, I thought this movie was really well done. It's not like a typical movie for Swanberg in that it's mostly... A uh, pretty scripted movie. Um, it's like uh, I assume that people that usually like his stuff um, maybe won't even like this one as much. Uh, but it still has a lot of what I like about his stuff, namely that it kind of takes um, small stories and um, like makes uh, an effort to like still have the drama in those stories be quite weighty. Um, it also is pretty rich in detail. A lot of the smaller side characters seem to have a lot more going on with them than usually in those type, in these types of movies that they do. Uh, the acting is pretty strong across the board. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I just really uh, responded to also the way that this movie treated gambling by not really putting you as much into the like actual hands or be that are being played but just mostly focusing on people's reactions to their wins and losses that like kind of uh you know made uh made a lot of them look pretty silly and uh as someone who's like likes to play poker but is really bad at it i responded a lot to uh how the main character can't help himself but like keep playing even though he knows he's terrible at it um and keeps convincing himself that he's gonna dig himself out of this hole um so yeah uh jake johnson's really good at it so far my favorite actor of the year let's see uh i hope i'll see more good performances this year um, but so far, uh, he's uh, pretty much a clear front runner for that. Yeah, yeah. One thing I like about Swanberg a lot is that he'll have like a situation that's very typical of like a sort of like comedy drama where like one person is supposed to do something and then something happens so that they don't follow through with it, and then the other person is like upset with them. But then Joe Swanberg always like undercuts the drama of that where like usually the person's gonna be really mad at them and at first they're like pretty mad and then the person like is like oh sorry I couldn't do that thing something happened and this is what happened and then the person's like oh okay that's a fair reason to be late to this (laughs) obligation and then the drama's immediately undercut because that's what people do like they don't just be like ah I can't believe blah 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 and it's like 
but I was in the hospital, and it's like, oh, but you should have called me. Like, it was like, oh, yeah. you're in the hospital? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Undercut that typical dramatic mm-hmm. narrative structure. But. I've only seen one of his movies, and the main thing I remember about it is Anna Kendrick doesn't know how long it takes to write a whole book. <laughs> she thought they were going to be done in like a week. Yep. Um, I rewatched four movies, one which I could neither herald nor denounce, three which I could herald, one of which is Tangled, which you heard about on our first canon, and I'm sure I could add a little bit to Basil's thoughts, but they're pretty good, so go listen to that if you want to hear about why Tangled is good. Next one was uh, Inside Out, which uh, I still like quite a bit, and I talked about on the end of the year 2015 podcast, because it was one of my top ten of that year. Um, But the third one, uh, no one has talked about on the podcast before, I believe, unless it was on one of the three that I haven't listened to Uh yet, but I don't think they have. Um, and that's Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Pulse, uh, which I decided to rewatch at least in part because um, I recently saw Personal Shopper, which is another movie about ghosts and loneliness and technology. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I didn't like this movie as much as I was hoping. I wonder if that other movie about ghosts and loneliness and technology that I used to really, really like, I wonder if I still still like that one the answer is yes <laughs> i like it a whole lot in fact uh, like i think when i originally watched it i gave it the equivalent of five stars and then i hadn't seen it like really since then one time at a party patrick put it on in the background and like a part came up in the movie and i was like oh man this part is so creepy and then like everyone was watching it and then we were all kind of like that actually wasn't that creepy. Um, <laughs> it was kind of kind of dumb, and so then I was like, oh, so like I dropped it down to like four and a half stars, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if I'll like this movie when I rewatch it, or I didn't know whether or not I would like that part specifically. But apparently, in the context of the whole movie, it was really creepy again, <laughs> <laughs> just like most of that movie, like pretty much from. The word go, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, And uh, probably, I don't even know if you could call it in Media Reyes, I guess it is. uh, But in Media Reyes, it's supposed to be when it starts in the middle, whereas like the very first scene is actually the very last thing that happens in the movie. (laughs) Uh, Probably my favorite example of in media, Reyes, or perhaps the only example I've ever liked. Nice. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I won't spoil anything, but I find the weird, sad optimism of the ending actually pretty affecting, like, in a way that's definitely surprising for Kiyoshi Kurosawa's career. Definitely the first time that I watched it, I was just like, oh, this is like super depressing. Um, 
but now I found it. I found it kind of nice, the very nice. last moments of this film. Um, and I will say one thing, just comparing the two of them, which is that, um, like, one of the one of the ways I think that Kiyoshi Kurosawa captures how lonely people are that really works for me is how different everyone is who's like friends with each other like these people who don't make any sense on paper to be friends and so like without ever stating out loud that they're lonely like you know that they're lonely because they're grasping at like straws to like find someone to have some sort of connection to whereas in personal shopper like all of the loneliness is conveyed by like literally Kristen Stewart is like never interacting with more than one person at a time and it's usually on a phone or on a computer and there's all this like very literal separation of her and other people and in this case it's in my opinion a lot more subtle subtly done yeah it's it's weird that it turns out it's hard to have a genuinely creepy moment in the middle of a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like lots of other people the, are standing around. The effects are a little bit old, and like so, it seemed like kind of cheesy, out of context, out of the movie. And so I thought maybe you know, because when I watched it, I watched it you know maybe like two or three years after it was released, and then when I watched it at the party, it was like twelve years after it was released. Um, so I thought maybe like because of the age of the effects that you know I might not like it as much blah 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 whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, when we showed it at I my work, I was really excited, but it was very uh, very divisive. The first screening that we did, uh, people just like laughed the whole movie. It was like a packed theater, and but it was just like everyone just took it as like a campy joke, and. I'm glad I didn't attend that screening because I went the next night and everyone took it very seriously, including me, and was very unsettled sitting in a theater and watching Pulse. Yeah. There's that part when the graduate student, well, uh, not the scene with the graduate student, but where the that one person just shows the graduate student's work and it's just this like dots bouncing on a screen that like never touch each other. And I'm like, <laughs> this is so sad. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. it's, it's yeah. Context, like viewing context, is like sh so crazily important sometimes. Like um, I was, I was so looking. You should through... watch everything alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends, though. It depends on like sometimes viewing it with other people can really have a strong effect. Like Basil, I was reading your uh, weekly uh, lists mm. earlier, and I was reading your thing about. Uh, uh, I am not your Negro, and uh, <laughs> you were talking about that guy like fist bumping you weirdly in the theater, and I, <laughs> I had yeah, and you were like, oh, I'm in this theater surrounded by all white people, and it was weird that I had like almost the, the opposite experience where I was in the middle of a theater surrounded by almost all black people in the middle of a um, Pan African Film Festival. Nice. And like when stuff would happen on screen, they were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just like this, like, <laughs> it was, it was, the, whole, the whole atmosphere was just like super positive about the movie. And I was like, all right, I'm loving this. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. I, if, if I had had yeah. the same weird experience you had, I probably would have not liked that movie as much. 
My experience was somewhere in between those two experiences. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, context. <laughs> that's that's so strange. Like I would never think I've walked out of very few movies in my life, but you've now described a sit- situation where I would walk out of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is if like I was in a crowded theater and people just started laughing at Pulse, I would just get up and leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I couldn't watch it under that scenario. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know if I would like Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, but uh, because it's very hard to separate my terrible viewing experience the last time I watched it from, where there was like just a bunch of drunk people who wouldn't stop talking the entire time and just like laughing at inappropriate moments, and I was just like, this is the worst. I hate these people so much. <laughs> that was the night that Monkey ran away too, right? Yeah. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend's cat. Bad night. All around, shitty night. Bad night all around. That is that is really bad. I mean, we found her. We found her like oh, two days later. Well, it was good. fine. But, yeah. Otherwise, that movie would have half a star instead of two and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to this movie. This is the eighth in the Fast and Furious series. And uh, I believe the word is going. It's going to be the last one because apparently The Rock and Vin Diesel don't get along. Although that's not really the implication of the movie itself, at least in terms of handling of one of the characters. But um, so essentially, the plot of this movie it starts off in Cuba. Uh, Dom and Letty are on their honeymoon. I don't know whether it's their first honeymoon, if their wedding that we found out about in the previous movie, uh, if that like directly preceded Letty joining the underground operation that got her killed and then gave her amnesia, whether or not they didn't get to go on a honeymoon or whether or not this is just like, hey, now that you remember that we're married, Let's go on a second honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> a well-deserved second honeymoon, I'd say. Um, but while they're there having a nice time racing, exploding cars and things like that, uh, Charlize Theron, playing a character we'll later find out is called Cypher, shows uh, Vin Diesel something on a cell phone that causes him to... Uh, we know that something is up, and then when there's an operation that um, Hobbs gets the gang together for during the middle of the operation, um, Dom breaks off from the group, runs Hobbs off the road, and uh, steals the EMP bomb that they were trying to get back from terrorists or some such. And we find out that Dom has gone rogue. Uh, Mr. Nobody shows up, helps uh, get the gang back together, including new member Deckard Shaw, Jason Statham from the previous movie. They're going to be forced to work together because Hobbs and Deckard are the only two people who have ever found Do- successfully found Dom. <laughs> uh, so they get the team together, and there's a series of events, and then we find out, of course, you know, Dom is not evil, that 
he had a son that he didn't know about that Cypher is holding hostage, forcing him to do these things. Uh, and, you know, we get some car chases, some explosions, etc., etc., plot details. Uh, <laughs> and then Dom reveals, you know, is able to beat Cypher and rejoin the gang and everything's okay. Yeah. It ends Relatively. with our yeah, ends with our uh very standard uh at this point now fast and furious ending of everyone gathered around a table eating, you know, toasting. Eating. Yeah. To eating family. <laughs> not, not addressing the people that were killed in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um no, he does do that. Does he? <laughs> I don't I know like if he says he anything to everybody else, but he I, I'm pretty sure it's in that scene where he's like holding his son and he like looks up at the sky and he's like, I'm going to protect him for you, Elena. Oh, I don't remember that. I guess. Yeah, I was, he does say something like that. Maybe. He does. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. But <laughs> maybe I just I was just having trouble hearing him at that point. <laughs> And of I course, mean, in a move uh, that surprises no one, he calls his son Brian after yeah. <laughs> the actually dead person. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just dead character. But Patrick, what did you was, think of this movie? Um, um, I didn't like this movie. Uh, I was on board for kind of the first half of the movie, and I thought there were some fun set pieces, but uh, I guess we can like get into what happens in the midway point of the movie. Like, the whole reveal of Dom having a baby with Elena and then like everything that happens involving that I just I hate it so much it just like the movie not not to make a pun but it torpedoed the movie for me uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I uh, after that I just like the whole thing felt gross like it felt it felt I don't know I I, I usually go into these movies and I'm like oh I'm having fun like things are ridiculous but then like what happens in the middle of the movie i was just like i can't like not take that seriously like that's too much seriousness that you've injected into a movie that's about you know people who are invincible super spies that drive cars really fast basil um yeah i um i also did not like this movie although not for the same reasons apparently but uh uh, I, uh, from the very first scene, like, the first race, there's a bunch of, like, weird sped-up footage, and, like, it has, like, a Looney Tunes vibe, and I was like, oh, no, F. Gary Gray is friends with John Singleton. He's bringing back Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that feeling never left me the whole movie. I was just like, ugh. Yeah, like, I feel like James Wan really took, uh what was cool about the series to me and uh, super honed it for Furious 7 and F. Gary Gray took all the things I don't like about the series and really honed those and that was how I felt watching it pretty bummed Uh, but oh the Brian thing that made me laugh uh, I saw it with Mitchell and there were like three dudes sitting next to Mitchell and when the Brian reveal happened the guy like cheered like yeah, I called it. Totally. Yeah. 
Like, this not surprise, he was really proud of himself for, like, getting it. <laughs> and that made me laugh. Uh oh. Okay, there's Ruben. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good. Um. So, yeah, I uh, unfortunately I also didn't like this movie. Um, I uh, was kind of not into it um, in the beginning already, where they kind of did all the typical like up women's skirts shots, <laughs> like almost a bit too much, like. It yeah, like Furious 7 is really egregious with that, too. Yeah, yeah. Furious 7 had that, too. That was like my least favorite part about yeah. it was, like, the part in uh, Dubai. Uh, yeah, all that cheesecake. But, really gross. Yeah. Uh, then, like, but but then, like, I thought, like, th- this movie had a ton of really bad performances. I thought, like, <laughs> Charlize Theron's whole character was terrible, and she was really bad uh, in it. Um, and also Scott Eastwood, I thought, was just <laughs> awful. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. If he's supposed to be a like, Brian replacement, he was really uh, <laughs> step yeah. in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't no Paul so that, Walker. That was bad. There's a couple of fun scenes. I thought, like, the prison escape was fun. Like, Jason <laughs> Statham and The Rock, like, uh, have some, some fun chemistry. Uh, Jason Statham had a couple of fun scenes in this one. I thought actually for him this was probably the best outing uh, in the <laughs> movies because that whole scene on the plane where he's like has like the headphones on the baby and whatever that reminded me of like the transporter at its best and it was like a lot of fun. Um, and actually the scenes with all the cars falling out of the sky and everything like I like that was like okay this is like Fast and Furious type stuff where they really like take it to <laughs> like really take it up a notch when you when this yeah. action scene is going on and they're like whoa shit I did not see that coming it's like Blues um, Brothers level <laughs> like yeah. car crashes yeah yeah totally and the machine gun suddenly appearing on one of the Russian ministers of defense's cars and like blowing up taxis in the middle of New York that was <laughs> definitely pretty fun um but otherwise i was just really not into anything that was going on and like i thought vin diesel was like not into the movie at all (laughs) like he just looked like perpetually constipated or something like it was just very looked permanently uncomfortable and um that was too bad uh and it kind of like yeah i like there's plenty of times in the movie where i was like i hope this ends soon and i usually <laughs> don't feel like that when i'm watching these movies so yeah gotta be a thumbs down for me too that'd be downer i love this movie it's my second <laughs> favorite of the fast and furious series and having rewatched some of them fairly recently it's actually by significant margin i like Fast and Furious 6, is that what it's called? And this one a lot. Um, And then everything else is three stars or less. Uh, I gave this one four stars. Um, I I agree with Basil on the point that I don't think F. Gary Gray is a particularly great visual stylist. And the thing that I thought during this movie, because originally, I remember Justin Lin was supposed to direct this one. I don't remember what happened. He was supposed to be signed on to direct 8 and 9, and now there's not going he to be a Star nine, Trek instead. Yeah, and he didn't direct 8, obviously, either. 
But I did keep thinking during this movie, like, oh, if Justin Lin was directing this, this would be my favorite of the movies by a significant margin because I think this movie has the best ideas of any of them. Uh, and yeah, sometimes it let me down a little bit that, you know, he, F. Gary Gray loves to like, just cut to like, in the middle of a race, like a helicopter shot, like wide up. And I'm like, no, that's the opposite of what you want to do during like a tense race. But at the same time, Dom winning a race by going in reverse and blowing up his car is one of the most awesome things that I've seen in any of these movies. And the thing that Ilya mentioned too, the river of cars, I was like, that's such an awesome idea. And just like watching them barrel down a New York street, I was just like, I really like this. And then again, yeah, I was going to say one of, I just rewatched Furious 7 and I was like, man, why did they even put Jason Statham in this movie? Like all he does is show up at hotels and then fire a gun a couple of times. Like he gets that one scene with The Rock where he's not really getting to do what he does. And then in this movie, they give him two really big scenes, the prison escape, which is my second favorite hand-to-hand scene in any of them after the subway fight between Han and Roman and that guy and Gina Carana's character and Letty. Uh, And then the plane scene, which uh, I also thought, like, I thought the jokes went on a little bit too long, which would be one of my complaints. It would be like, I would find like a lot of stuff that uh, Deckard and Roman did funny, but then they would like keep making jokes and I'd be like, okay, like two or three jokes is enough for the scene. Like we don't need like 12, but I still thought they were very funny. And yeah, I mean, I know what, like intellectually, I feel some of the same things that Patrick does about this movie, but like I ended up not caring, like, you know, slightly different from him. I was watching this movie and I was like, none of these people would ever work with Deckard after he killed <laughs> he Han. Han. Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, the th- th- in the movie, when there's, there's the moment that you think that Deckard is dead, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that, <laughs> that Dom would use this as an excuse to just murder the shit out of this guy, <laughs> even yeah. if everyone else was putting up with him. And I was like almost a little bit sad that that ended up not being true. But yeah, yeah like, you know, it's the same thing in... Uh, Fast and Furious 6, where it's like he's with Elena at the beginning of the movie, and then he finds out that Letty's alive, and this woman that he's been sleeping with, <laughs> who now we find out would have just known that she was pregnant at the time, is like, go, follow your dreams. <laughs> and then the first time I saw Fast and Furious 6, I was like, ugh, I, I hate this so much, but I still like the movie overall. But now I don't know that just type of stuff just doesn't really bother me with these movies. I'm like, yeah, I guess they just work with Deckard and his brother now. <laughs> Even though Deckard yeah. killed Han and the other one tried to, you know, kill them and kidnapped Mia. And yeah, is, is ostensibly <laughs> responsible for Giselle's death, also. Yeah, yeah. she uh, died on that mission. Yeah, but. Uh, I, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the thing that disappoints me the most about what what happens with Elena is that 
I was really looking forward to the end where it's him and Letty and Elena <laughs> just being like, all right, I guess we're a family now because I got this baby. Yeah. <laughs> and they I, really, I mean, they really took the easy way out on that one. Yeah, this I just, I, I feel like, big love. <laughs> I feel like maybe I have like a weird, just like obsession with Ilsa Pataki because <laughs> like, I think it's why I like Five so much is because she is like actually prominently featured in it, and all the other ones they're just like just in the background. We don't need you anymore because we have, we have a. <laughs> it was like they kept putting in these like stopgap love interests for Vin Diesel's character to like I don't know quell homoeroticism between him and Brian or whatever, but. <laughs> Like I don't it know. It was not I, successful. I'm I, 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 I'm just the only really... thing that actually quelled it was Paul Walker dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just and even then he named his son after him. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, I mean, I just, I just really, I really hate them relegating her to the background because she was like one of my favorite characters, and so here it's just I don't know. It it just feels so gross to be like. Oh, we're just gonna like have a pretty serious scene where we murder this woman in cold blood. We're not even gonna show you her, you know, face or anything. It's just gonna be like, boom, she's dead, gone from the series completely now. And you know, Vin Diesel shows almost no emotion regarding it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I was he like, curb stomps the dude who killed her. <laughs> he well he he yeah, <laughs> like he really grossly kills but, I mean, that like, dude. <laughs> even that I didn't it didn't feel like My, enough I don't know <laughs> I, I mean I feel like he would have done that anyway <laughs> I just I, I'm sorry I can't believe that this is happening right now because I literally I have I actually haven't slept so my internet has been working perfectly fine for <laughs> 14 hours straight I know because I've been using it since I got home from work and this is the, fine right now. This is the time yeah. that it's deciding to be chunky. Mm. Maybe it's the time of day. Maybe. Anyway, I mean, I yeah. like I said, I don't really disagree with you on an intellectual level. It just it ended up not bothering me emotionally. Yeah. Basil's I complaint mean, did bother me, yeah. and it keeps me from you know really really loving this movie but um but yeah i yeah. do i agree with you on I all mean, the like looney tunes stuff though like him driving the car backwards on fire is really funny like i was laughing <laughs> really hard and like the the yeah. whole first half of the movie i was like really into all the just completely ridiculous things that were happening yeah it's it more a stylistic just... thing than like anything <laughs> content wise like the sped up cameras and for some reason like i just during all the action sequences in this movie, I couldn't make sense of the continuity in my head. Like, it would cut from one thing to another, and I was like, why that cut? Like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Like, And, like, a lot of the action scenes, I don't understand what's at stake. Like, that big, like, sea of cars thing, I was like, on paper this is cool, but I have no idea what the purpose of this scene is because we don't find out until the scene's almost over that... Dom is after that guy because that guy has nuke codes or whatever. I'm like, okay, there's a there's a motorcade 
I don't know why we're after this motorcade. What does Dom want with the motorcade? And then, like, we find out, like, as the scene's almost over. And I was like, oh, well, that would have been a good stake to set up because then I would have been interested in what this scene and it was just like, oh, let's get this Russian guy, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. And then. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, I didn't understand whether they were trying to stop him or kill him at a certain point. I was like, are they trying to kill him? Because couldn't they just kill him? But then I was like, <laughs> oh, they must need him for something. Yeah, but. I mean, I, honestly, I think I was I was kind of bothered by the content thing like a lot. I thought like the <laughs> idea of of his of his kid being the reason why he steals fucking nuclear codes and that's yeah. cool because it's his dumb kid. I thought that was incredibly yeah, annoying. It's, it's family and taken like, to the most of, like, insane extreme possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like um, also. Also, a hundred percent plausible for Dom's character. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Dom's character is kind of a sociopath. <laughs> I will risk millions upon millions of lives. Hope, hopefully, save my son and baby mama. I just found out that it's my son. That I just found out who exists. Probably yeah, not was... his baby mama, though. Like. I feel like he probably wouldn't have done it for Elena. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have done it for Letty either. He probably only would have done it for Brian, otherwise. <laughs> like this, Brian that's why, Marcus. Only for that's Brian. why this is really <laughs> like really this is like his and Brian's kid. Like, yeah. that's what <laughs> this is about. Yep. Yep. If they could but, have made that the the story, they probably would I mean, like, have. But I mean like but it's just it's just all of it being being put on that and then there's like so much other stuff like him finding like uh jason statham's mom played by helen mirren and another terrible performance which is just like, oh i love her, helen mirren in this movie i think she's yeah. exactly actually, on point for what know, she's she, needed i think her and the rock are exactly yeah. doing exactly what needs to be done in this movie and jason statham yeah. as well yeah i think like if she, if she could have <laughs> like why why wasn't she sip like she was sipping tea while she was having she a, was, yeah, a talk yeah. with him it's <laughs> true like why didn't she have like uh uh like a photo of the queen hanging yeah. behind her, uh, <laughs> she was like the most britishy british why person. didn't why didn't the guy who was guarding her not have like one of those hats that the <laughs> english guards have a red coat the big fuzzy hat because that because that was kind of missing for me because i couldn't quite tell whether she was quite British enough yet at that point. Um, but yeah, like, um, I don't know, like, there, there was, like, stuff that usually I would kind of find funny in this movie, like, kind of bothered me, like, made me annoyed. Um, and uh, also, again, like, I thought, like, for this movie being, like, so much of this movie being on Vin Diesel's shoulders, like, most of the movie, he has just this one facial expression that never changes, and it's just kind of, like, and like, and how like did he talk to Helen Mirren? Like somehow he made that happen, but he couldn't have just told like Hobbs and everyone else like, "Hey guys, she has my kid." Uh, <laughs> I guess you know I have to kind of do this, and they would be like, "Oh yeah, Dom. I mean, yeah, makes sense. I guess we'll have to stop you, but yeah, oh, that sucks." <laughs> um, what would have changed about like the movie's dynamic? He could have also just told them, but I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it well. Is, they all knew it. they were like, "That's not dumb." And then when he, <laughs> when he turns back to help them, yeah. they're like, "That's dumb." <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> yes. They all somehow knew. They, yeah. they somehow knew. It 
the I mean that's so weird. I was almost at one point in the movie I was like, did did she like hypnotize him or like brainwash him or something? Like did the video she showed him like <laughs> change his brain? Because I was like, what? I I don't understand why he would let her kiss him like that. I was like, why is he letting her do that? Like I understand all the other stuff, but like that seems very weird. What was he supposed right to do? Just like put his hand up. Like, like <laughs> that's I mean push your face away. I don't think that that would have affected like his uh, yeah. like the the loyalty he had to to doing what she wanted. I don't. It's just really weird. I was just like, it seems odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the the weird half baked mystery part of it is was a little bit annoying. Where it's like shows the phone, you don't see what the phone is. But then you know it's like something serious, but it seems like it's gonna be like kind of a mystery. But then they like don't let the audience figure it out. They just explain it like partway through the movie. So I was like, this is like the worst of both worlds, where it's like he's doing something for ambiguous reasons that makes it so we can't root for him because we don't understand what's at stake for him. But also, like, it doesn't feel like oh, like once we get to where we're going, it's going to be retroactively satisfying, at least not for me. I was just like, okay, I guess that's, since, that's it. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> since I didn't know she wasn't in this movie, as soon as, like, you know, they're like, Dom's gone rogue, I'm like, oh, someone kidnapped Mia. Like, that was immediately my very first thought. <laughs> and I was basically correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he does the exact same thing in Fast and Furious 6. He's like, here you go, Luke Hobbs, or what? It, not Luke Hobbs, uh, Deckard's brother, um, Shaw. Oh, yeah, uh, Luke Evans, yeah. yeah. Uh, Owen Shaw, that's his name. Owen, yeah. <laughs> He's like, here you go. His Here's real name is Luke. Device <laughs> that, yeah. Device that can level a whole city, because you kidnapped Mia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was yeah. I going to say? Oh, um. Um. I did kind of like that they brought back the tech from the last movie, too, where they were just like, oh, yeah, we have this, like, unstoppable tech from the last <laughs> movie, too. You can take that also. <laughs> just, like, co- continue, like, building up. They're, they're making, like, the, um, what are those, the Infinity Stones or whatever from the Marvel Universe? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, they've got, like, you know, real-world tech Infinity Stones. They're <laughs> yeah. The competitive hacking was amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> I loved like, Cypher oh, and Ramsey hacking like, against each other. Hacking against each other, and like, there's no no way to tell what they're really doing. So the movie has them both like talk yeah, about yeah, how, to verbalize it. How great <laughs> the other person is at hacking. Yeah. Like, oh, she's really good, but she's not that good. Mm. <laughs> clap, clap, you almost clap, wanted clap, them clap to be like on the keyboard. <laughs> It's just like, like that to me. I think I feel like honestly, like that 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 scene was I was actually like that that that's just like a beautiful uh, like summation of how hacking is just generally treated in Hollywood movies. It's just like except for like Black Hat from yeah, yep. it's like the yep. scene from Nathan for You where uh, he has the fake Johnny Depp person play a hacker who's like trying to stop a meteor from crashing into earth and there's a scene of him on a keyboard saying I hacked faster than I've ever hacked before 
<laughs> and that's exactly just so perfect. Just so perfect in this movie too. But I'm sure hacking involves a lot of live typing of code. Like when someone yes. is gonna hack something, they're they're typing the code just live. Like typing the code. It's, yeah. It's just like that's why they all they all take key, like keystroke typing courses because like being able to type like 150 words a minute actually makes them better hackers. That's super important. <laughs> like all those like point and peck hackers are like you know the, the jokes the of anonymous. Yeah, yeah. hacking from the Fuck stone it. ages. <laughs> Fucking noobs. Gotta use all ten fingers, buddy. Um. It's like with DJing, how when, like vinyl DJs make fun of people who can't DJ with vinyl anymore. It's like all oh, these fucking fake ass touchscreen hackers <laughs> get lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, the one mystery in the film that I did feel the way that Basil felt about both the kid mystery and the Russian mystery is when we find out how um, Deckard survived. Uh, and they were just like, let's bring back all these other characters. And it's like, but none of them had to be there. Like, he didn't, he just needed a guy who he trusted or whatever to, like, drive a van. But it's right. like, let's bring back those two guys from Fast Five to play the ambulance workers. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I actually this... laughed really hard when I saw them, like, arguing yeah, again. Like, I was like, but like <laughs> these guys are back. The idea that it was like, I don't know, like a usual suspect's like reveal, pulling back the curtain moment, I was like, yeah, I mean, I knew that someone was helping Tom out by parking that van there. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, you know, yeah, like, there's like the close up of like the pin, like the Cuba pin or whatever, like representing yeah. their brotherhood. <laughs> Like yeah, no, we remember that guy. Fe his fellow <laughs> islanders him from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Since I think Vin Diesel's like Dominican or something. I kind of respect. Yeah, I kind of yeah. hope that like uh, if if Vin Diesel bows out in the next one, like they give him like a like a Paul Walker send off where it's like, all right, you can't be doing adventures with us anymore. You have a baby now. Yeah. They like just send him off, and then like, they just bring baby, some of those other guys can't. in. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do it. And that's gonna be a, a buddy cop thing with uh, Deckard and Hobbs. Yeah. Um, oh man. Which I, I would be on board. For. Where I they would, just yeah. yell at each other. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then Luke Evans and Scott Eastwood will be Team B on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. That actually is one of the things that I realized when I was watching this that like made me sad because it made me also not excited for future Fast and Furious movies just because I, uh, even if they get somebody else to direct that I like, but I was like, almost everyone that I like from this series is gone now. Like when it's just like, <laughs> like, um... Uh, Tyrese and uh, Ludacris and the woman who plays the hacker when it's just like those three, I was like I don't care about these people. <laughs> yeah. like, I, There's not I enough. The, they get that nice joke at the anymore. end of the movie but yeah, they're, I mean like, well, yeah, they, I mean, they, I feel this way about Furious 7 as well is that I, 
you know, I didn't really realize it until he was actually dead. Because he's not the best actor in the series, but Paul Walker is the heart of these movies. It's another reason why Tokyo Drift doesn't totally work. There's just no Paul Walker. No Paul Walker. No Walker. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also find it weird that there are increasingly more Game of Thrones actors in this series. <laughs> <laughs> like we get the the guy who's the the wild man from Game of Thrones and this one is a bad guy too, so Oh, is I'm that who plays uh, yeah, Rhodes? The, yeah, 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 the guy Rhodes. with the crazy yeah. beard and the hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mitchell and I were trying to figure out where we had seen him before. We assumed he was like a dwarf in one of the Hobbit movies. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, no, he's he's the... I forget what his character's name is. Uh, what? Uh, why are all the Cypher and the people working for Why do they all have crazy bad hair? <laughs> is that like a requirement? For being in the gang, she's just, like, just got all the tech nerds that like, have no style. <laughs> she's got these weird sort of like half dreadlocks, like when she first appears in the movie, and I was like, "Oh no, no, Charlize, please! Why didn't you tell someone that wasn't okay?" Come on, the shaved head was better. No, come I, on. I actually thought that was pretty funny. I was like, Since "Oh she's yeah, an evil one. like yeah, That's white fun. people with dreads are evil." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a exactly. good good point. Good point. Also, like, uh, this is the third time they've said there's another organization above the organization yeah, they were fighting in a previous yeah. movie. Who's the puppet master? <laughs> like in in Fast and Furious, we first yeah. find it that like uh, Mexican, uh, I think Mexican, um, like drug runner, drug lord, yeah, yeah, or something, cartel. whatever, mm-hmm. has been like pulling strings for like a couple movies we find out and then it turns out that he actually works for Owen <laughs> we find out at six and then this movie we find out that Owen and him actually both work for Cypher <laughs> like yeah. I hope they never yeah. stop doing it and the next yeah. one Cypher better yeah. work for somebody who lives on the moon exactly. <laughs> I should just look She's working for the aliens giant giant, giant octopus that <laughs> Has like eight brains and like secretly controls. Yeah, it's like some HP Lovecraft. It's just a big Cthulhu yes. in the ocean that she works yeah, for. Exactly. It's a big like CG abomination voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh... no, this could definitely keep going because like yeah, it was definitely super funny when like their <laughs> top secret lab where they're like trying to get God's eye to work, and Ludacris does some hacking and his girlfriend does some hacking. And then they're like, "Oh, the signal! There's one more signal left." And and and, and Kurt Russell, who definitely looks like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. So <laughs> Credit to him. Looks like he's having a ton of fun. Like he's smiling in every scene in this movie. It's really great. And, and he's like, "Oh, that's weird. Why is that weird? Because oh, it's coming from here." Boom! And like they just waltz waltz right into that super secret base. And it's just like, man, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> so funny because like the next level of secrecy is always like just smashes all the other levels yeah I was just like, like, the others are just such losers against in that them. moment I was just thinking it's coming from inside the camp oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was pretty um, funny though yeah but I, I mean, we already sort of briefly touched on this, but I just wanted to like expand a little bit on that prison sequence, which is just that, you know, yeah. like 
So Fast and Furious 6 has, for me, the key rock moment in all of the series, which is, I think Rock is the one who lifts him up. Uh, maybe it's Vin Diesel, but there's that really big guy who's like even bigger than the Rock that they're fighting, and one of them lifts that guy up, and then the other one clotheslines him. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I want to see when I see The yeah. Rock on screen. And that's totally how I felt about this movie. It's like I want to see the like three like The Rock pick up one guy and then cut to three other guys and then have that one guy thrown into the three guys <laughs> by the rock yeah. that's what i want to see the rock do and then i want to see jason save them like slide under guys and like punch them in the nuts and then, yeah. like jump around poles and i'm like this is great like the two that of them perfect, yeah. are just doing what they do best and it's just a scene of that and i'm like yeah and awesome the, and the movie lets them have like their own <laughs> styles their own fighting styles which like you know like ludicrous and you know uh roman they don't really have their fighting style it's kind of always well, insane I mean, to me yeah well yeah like they somehow are always like like roman shoots like a bunch of dudes on these ski on these oh, like, yeah. motor skis at the end and like i don't buy this for a fucking second that this guy would even be able to shoot anybody because he's like basically spends most of the time just there as like this uh, awkward comic relief and whatever, and he's usually pretty, like whatever, like pretty fun. But like him, like there's no reason for them to be there. But like The Rock has like his own thing. Like you buy him doing all this crazy shit. Yeah. Um, and Jason Statham has his own like weird fighting style, and like it makes sense to have them in that prison scene. It makes sense to have them both fight differently you know like that's cool like when when they're all just doing the same thing basically it's, it's boring to me when they're all shooting at people that's kind of boring but when they're fighting yeah it gets like it becomes more of a like a i don't know uh not avengersy type thing but like you know like they each have their like uh their own their yeah. own thing um yeah. and that- uh like when the movie affords the characters actually the, the the possibility to do this, it's at its best. Uh, yeah. Like during the prison scene, or like, you know, Good. when it's like chase scenes, like the others get to do their like fun fun thing. That's also great. Yeah, but, it's yeah. it's usually like more kinetic and I guess like elegant a little bit to have people go hand to hand in movies too, because you know it's just it lends itself more to the visual motion of film, like you know seeing people do this kind of dance where they're you know it's it's bam pow boom <laughs> as opposed to just somebody sitting there going click 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 like pulling a trigger it's yeah. it's not it's it's just inherently not as interesting to watch that Unless i it's mean john wick yeah i was about no. to say intellectually i agree with you again but then john wick is some of the most balletic <laughs> fight scenes that i've ever seen yeah. in my life <laughs> And it's all just like constant headshots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hard target too. Uh, that final scene. That's is awesome. that's the that's yeah that's the exception I would say yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean I I I think maybe more than it being visually kinetic is that if you allow a fighter to have a signature fight style presented on a screen, there's something being conveyed even if the director isn't a particularly great visual stylist whereas someone pulling a trigger 
there's almost very little character that they can add. Like, you know, to me, the action scene that I always think of when I think of, like, character being shown is the scene in Casino Royale, the parkour scene, where, mm. you know, here's this bomb maker, and he's, like, cat-like, and he's, like, jumping around, and basically, you know, Bond sees him as, like, an animal, and then... <laughs> Bond himself is just a wrecking ball. Like, he just runs mm. through things. He drives a bulldozer yeah. through a fence. He literally <laughs> runs through drywall. He, like, bashes something with a wrench and, like, flies upwards. And it's, like, all that stuff is, like, conveying character information at the same time that you're having, like, a fight sequence. And, like, yeah, that's, like, a lot yeah. harder to convey with just pulling triggers. Because, like, how many different ways can you hold a gun? Yeah. <laughs> just the weird way Keanu does. Yeah. Doing his Frankenstein walk. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the song yeah, but... is really good too in that prison sequence. Like, I like that song, music choice a lot. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like with racing, it's also hard because, like, you can, it's hard to convey, like, signature driving styles when it's mostly, like, just people driving away from each other. But, like, they do a pretty good job with Vin Diesel, like, his car being this, like, huge extension of his character. They do, like, a pretty great job with that. It's just, like, it has, like, that that scene where they're all, like, pulling at him, pulling at his car. And they're like, one of them goes like, oh, this must have like 500 horsepower. (laughs) Try a thousand. (laughs) Try 2,000. (laughs) That was really really funny. Um, (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like Vin Diesel's supposed to be this like larger than life racer whose like car is like a spaceship and like (laughs) as powerful as a tank. And it's, it's really like nuts, but it like does a great job with that. And like, again, Whenever the movie, like, gets into that where the scene, the action, like Ruben said, it's like the extension of the character. It says something about the character. That's when these movies work, like, really, really well. And with some characters, it's very hard to do because they're not really, you know, they're not really fleshed they have out. One, they have know. one note. Yeah. Like, Roman, Roman, Roman has one note. And it's like, yeah, sometimes I want that note in the mix. But, like, yes. yeah, like that that snow ice scene i'm like oh this has so many cool parts in it but by like the fourth tyrese joke i was like uh i don't need to have any more tyrese spinning out or holding on to a door or being like put on your seatbelt or whatever i'm like uh but then you know sub busting through the ice and making like four jeeps fly into the air i'm down for that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah i feel like in general, Gray goes to the well way too much in this movie, which is also, I mean, like, the first time you get the, like, chipmunk song, I actually laughed at that. I was like, oh, that's actually a funny joke. But then, like, you keep he keeps coming, uh, cutting back to the sound, and I'm just like, it's really only a one-time joke. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not that yeah, I funny think that that's, joke. like, that would be a thing that, like, a director would do is, like, t- taking um, over... Uh, duties for a franchise that he has no you know previous experience with and like wants to make sure that the people who love this franchise get <laughs> what they want so it's like oh oh yeah you like this character i'm gonna give you more of like typical character stuff that you like or whatever yeah. um and it's like an easy way to endear yourself to like a pretty huge fan base i mean this movie makes yeah so much money well yeah time, i mean it's so. yeah it's already made a hundred million in its opening yeah. weekend, so 
Yeah. yeah. According massive. to Box Office Mojo, it's likely going to be the highest grossing international opening of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um I buy that. I I am kind of uh enamored of the the way that they like present the locations in this one where it's just like instead of doing, you know, like the typical like little readout or whatever, it's like do 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 here it's just like oh, you mean it's a it's big the shot with, with the word the yeah, 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 with the words yeah. written <laughs> under the water. I was like that's kind of cool. That's something different I haven't seen before. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I've def, uh, I saw that in one other movie, but I can't remember what it was. I thought it was. I just assumed it was Furious Seven because I was like, "Oh, I've seen this before." But you're right; it's not in that one. I don't mm. think. But no, it isn't. I don't remember. Mm. I don't Step even remember revolution. how they show what places are. I think in Furious Seven, maybe they don't even like have the like little readouts. Like in uh-huh. Furious Seven, it's always like. Scene A ends with them being like, let's go to the Caucasus Mountains. And then scene B is them Cut sitting in cars in the dark. Stuff. And you're like, okay, they're in the Caucasus Mountains now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like, so there's like the, she's like, I left the, um, you know, USB in, what was it, Abu Dhabi? She's like, with yeah. a friend. And then they're in Abu Dhabi. And then yeah. the Abu Dhabi thing is like, we have to take it back to our home turf. And then they're standing, looking out over Los Angeles. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But Although, yeah, as, occasionally, well, like, I mean, I guess it, it's hard to really, like, but on that, on that point, like, it's hard to really take this movie too seriously in that regard. But, like, <laughs> when it shows, like, Havana, Cuba, and it's like, <laughs> 18-year-old hot models uh, <laughs> standing on, like, vintage, uh, next to vintage cars and, like, uh, all being, like, half-naked and whatever. It's like, wow, that's a really alternate version of Cuba. <laughs> like, that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty, yeah, shit. Like, uh, I'm sure, like, if this was, like, any other franchise, like, I think people would be offended. But I guess because it's Fast and the Furious, it's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. This is cool. It's like our world, but it's a comic world. That's fine. Well, I like, think that, those that women just sense. travel to wherever the races. I guess so. On. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. the implication. It's kind of like it's kind of like fish <laughs> super fans. <laughs> yeah. It's just these model women who just like they follow the best racers in the world. I mean, around. they're they um, are a character in every movie. Yeah. Essentially, like. <laughs> They just show up whenever there's a big race. It's like, hey, we need our bottles. <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, but like, I, yeah, I don't think uh, they're in Fast Five. I'd have to think about it. But I think oh, Fast yeah, Five, since are. there's not really any, they are. There's not really any race except for the one to like decide who carries the safe, which is just between like the five of them down. A street. No, there's but the part where they I, they I, win cars, but yeah, they don't yeah. they don't show the race. They're like, oh, we gotta get uh, get these cars, and then it's like race for pink slips, and then they just drive back with the cars. Like the very next scene, they just cut the whole racing <laughs> part out. But there's definitely some cheesecake women in that. But I mean, uh, for sure. But like, I thought it was like more just like Mia and uh, Elsa, Pat- Elena, like just like shots from up high looking down at like their cleavage and stuff i just don't yeah, right. uh, i know i know that and um there's gal that like gadot has a, well, yeah, yeah. gal gadot has a scene where she like infiltrates the guy's entourage by just being like i'm wearing a yeah. bikini I'm walking yeah she up yeah she needs to get his uh, <laughs> fingerprint and so yeah. she like gets him to like 
you know, <laughs> just like grab her a bunch, and then she's like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. I mean, yeah. I mean, all, all together, I have to say, like, uh, I'm, I'm sure, like, you could, like, find stuff about Furious Seven that also, like, doesn't really, uh, is not really great, and and like, I get that, but like, in the end, like, Furious Seven will always be the movie, like, which has like that ending, and is like that ending is really amazing, and that ending makes it like into a pretty awesome movie, um, and like. There's nothing like here, obviously, that's like as emotionally uh, touching as as that. Um, but like even otherwise, there's like very little to me that I like. I would, I would like if I would think about watching this movie. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, the the, the raiding cars thing and the prison scene that was fun. But like that's but that, like otherwise, there's like very little scenes in here that I'm like, oh yeah. That was fun. I'm looking forward to like rewatching that or whatever. Um, like Furious Seven, I would just be, I would rewatch that movie. Just be like, oh yeah, fuck that ending is so good. I can't, I can't wait for that. So like, that's uh, about the only that thing that I like in that movie. Mm. No, I like the scene where they like drop out of the thing on the Caucasus Mountains. I thought. Oh it, my god. Also, I thought like I thought Furious Seven was like funnier like, than this movie. I like, like it that. Okay. I mean, Paul Walker. The only part that like, I really like of the Caucasus Mountain sh- section is the part in the trailer and the part that everyone either really loves or thinks is ridiculous, which is when Brian is running up the bus and then jumps yeah, off of the bus and grabs onto Letty's spoiler. The to, spoiler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, I, yeah. that's like. <laughs> I remember when. Uh, like, the, how did this the get iconic made? moment. Talked about it. Yeah, when how did this get made? Talked about it. They were they were like, if I did that, I would just spend the next the rest of the movie being like, guys, do you remember what I did earlier? <laughs> yeah, I feel oh, like uh, that moment has the, mm-hmm. has the scene with Paul Walker in the car, and it's like he's about to like start. Oh racing, yeah, yeah, and that. Drives up to the to the school to, to the pick school, up his yeah. kid. There's a lot of scenes in that movie that are pretty good. Yeah. It was they did the, playlist. I can't remember I what movie. it was. They did the, <laughs> oh yeah, it was, yeah. They did the exact same joke and I rolled my eyes in this movie where the rock, you think that he's like doing like a military oh, yeah, maneuver yeah, yeah. or something, oh, yeah. but it's With actually a soccer game. Yeah. Where they oh, did, I, I, it's literally the yeah, exact same yeah. setup and joke, and I was like, "This is the same joke from Furious 7. <laughs> I saw it coming too, because I was like, "Oh, they're not yeah. cutting away from his face. That it's yeah. gonna be like, it's gonna be a." No, I a, like. I literally think the first word that came out of his mouth, I was like, "Oh, he's at sports something yeah. with his daughter." Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I did but, like the uh, ha- the Haka war dance though. But, I was like, um, "Oh, this is fun." Yeah, yeah. That was fun. oh, I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> that and that one girl who's like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know it's like just like a dumb one-off joke in like a dumb movie, but like to me, it reminded me of like the difference between how adults feel about kids playing sports and how kids feel about kids playing sports, right. and like the idea that the Rockets, the coach, has turned his team into being like as intense as he is and the other girls are just there to have fun and this the experience has just been totally ruined for this one girl (laughs) i do not want to play anymore um yeah that's i mean i laughed really hard at the first part of that when like it cuts from their really serious faces to like the girl of the other team just being very uncomfortable (laughs) 
intimidated. <laughs> but it's another one where an I feel like all white team, all white little girls. Yeah, team, yeah, right? yeah. The Rocks team, where um, <laughs> multicultural team. Yeah. Gray goes like a little, like milks the joke too long. Like the Rock Ooh. makes like a weird like tongue face at the very end of the song. That's like a close up on his face, going like ah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's you don't need that punchline. You're like. This was already a funny joke. We got it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree that this movie could have used a good editor. <laughs> like, I feel like the shots were there and the jokes were there and that, yeah, sometimes they ran too many jokes into the ground and sometimes they cut the shots in a weird order. I mean, I, I agree with all of that, but for what, you know, no, like yeah, the the thing that, you know, I kept thinking about when I was watching it, because I was, that's literally what I was thinking about, was I was thinking about the movie Alien, because I don't like any Ridley Scott movies except for Alien, and I think the only reason I like Alien is I like what's in the screen, not necessarily how it is shot or how it is edited. I'm just like Dan O'Bannon and H.R. Right. Geiger know what they're doing <laughs> yeah 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 sure and Walter do. Hill apparently according yeah. to MK Rhodes it's pretty yeah. cool uh but yeah uh what was I gonna say um there are two things that I was gonna say when it started sure. to break up Go so the it. conversation had already moved on when I could hear you again but when we were Talking about uh, jokes, uh, I want to say that um, I hope you guys enjoyed the one joke that they gave Ramsey, her punchline at the end of the movie. I thought that oh, was yeah. pretty funny. When yeah. F- finally, uh, Ludacris and Tyrese are like, you have to choose one of us. And she's like, all right, I'll go out with whichever one of you knows my name. <laughs> or a last name, yeah. I don't, have we, has, has anyone... No, like said her last name. I don't think she. No. Yeah, she's no. been. She yeah, hasn't I been given. I think that was kind name. of the meta joke of behind that. She was like, just. Yep. Yeah. This is that like was American that was like her hacker name, wasn't get. it? It was just yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. No, I do like no. Ludacris's response though. He's like, "It's Miss Parker." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Roman steals the joke. And then uh, the other thing I was gonna say is about like driving and like racing, like having a personality, like when Mm. someone is driving that, um, kind of the movie that introduced that and the movie that maybe does it the best and the reason why I can't hate it, unlike Basil, is Tokyo Drift. Mm -hmm. Like Tokyo Drift is the one that totally introduces the idea of like a car being an extension of the person who's driving it and like mm-hmm. there's a scene in Tokyo Drift where they're not racing which is one of my favorite scenes in any of the series where they're just drifting up the mountains and I'm like this is cool like this is just <laughs> like Fred Astaire just like dancing in a room by himself <clears throat> like <laughs> yeah I like that part too yeah yeah if it wasn't for all the <laughs> plot that bogs that movie down I would I like mean, it more but yeah the the two, I guess, they're not really the leads because Han is the actual lead of that movie, but the two supposed leads, the hero and the villain of that movie, are really quite bad actors and yeah. act badly against each other a lot. <laughs> there's yeah. there's a reason Lucas that Black. they haven't returned. Yeah. Lucas Black's yeah, in that for, one scene. Yeah, except for, yeah, except for the that. same age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He already uh, like what? he was yeah. he's supposed to be like what like twenty and uh oh. I know. 
Oh. <laughs> this is a really happy face that Ruben is frozen on, though. Yep, it's true. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm. I was gonna say something oh, that. Uh, yeah. Um, I meant to bring up when we were talking about depictions of Havana. Uh, Mitchell pointed out that it was pretty funny that they um, keep insisting that the um, Russians at that base are like weird separatists who are like against the government. That way when they release this movie in Russia, people won't be mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's like, wait, you want to invade a Russian? No, 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 no. Separatist base. (laughs) Separatist base. They took it over. The government hasn't had time to get it back. And it's so funny because like American movies, like if you look at any American movie made from the 60s onwards, have like a rich history of Russians just being all yeah, the bad yeah. guys all the time and it never being an issue because yeah. all of these movies were later shown in Russia and it was fine. Like everyone was just like, yeah, we get it. We're the baddies. That's fine. Um, Are we the baddies? <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, but, the, but like now, now it's like a thing. Now, like Fast and the Furious is like really worried about it. Like, yeah, make sure that they don't think it's like we're killing like real Russians. Or yeah, Mister Nobody even gets that line about tensions between the U.S. and Russia. Mister yeah, Nobody yeah. is like, yeah, we can't talk to the Russian government because uh, their diplomat was involved in that really terrible thing on American soil. Yes, so uh, yes. they're not talking to us right now. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Good uh, even, so Fast and Furious now has like a diplomatic, like a sense of like glo- like global <laughs> political responsibility. Like yeah, I, yeah. It, it, I don't think that's equivalently think that's as smart as The so. Rock driving an ambulance into a drone as a commentary <laughs> yeah. on drone warfare. Never. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say seven. before well, yeah. we get too far off of it, the yeah. exception Sorry. to what Ilya was saying. Yeah. is James Bond, Mitchell told me this, that it wasn't until the 80s that James Bond wasn't always fighting, like, some rogue general or some kind of, like, person that was part of, like, an evil government and, like, had broken off of it. Like, it wasn't until the 80s that, uh, like, James Bond is actually, like, fighting Russia for real, which is pretty weird. Like, that that series went so long and was just like, oh, yeah, this guy used to be part of this government, but he went rogue, so you got to <laughs> stop him, Bond. <laughs> Right. Thinking ahead, they were planning for globalization way back in the 60s. <laughs> That's why why alienate that any awful, markets? That awful movie where James Bond goes to like Japan or whatever, or wherever he goes, and it's like the super exotified version, like where all Asian ladies just want to massage him all the th- and have sex with him mm. all the time. Yeah. And like, Which one is Jack uh, Reacher? Jack Reacher. Yes, yes. Uh, that was that was that was <laughs> the inspiration for Jack Reacher. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you only live. Uh, you only twice live. Or yeah, you only live twice. Yeah, that's oh, because they yeah. do it again with Roger Moore, and he dates a, the Bond girl, and that is named Chow Mein. Yeah. <laughs> oh <sweet>. God. <laughs> so so so. Oh good. Lord. Yeah, no, that was with Sean Connery. The you only live twice one. So they yeah. do do it. A couple. That's of times. the one where yeah. they don't. Doesn't he? 
dress up in yellow face in that movie? He sure point? does. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> the Connery boy. one. Yeah, the Connery one. Yikes. Good stuff. That's right. I forgot. Definitely the best Bond, not Daniel <laughs> Craig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Daniel Craig, what a Ooh. loser. <laughs> Daniel Craig never did anything racially insensitive in any of the Bond movies. What a yeah, joke. What a joke. <laughs> yeah. so, what? Not so my not. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Daniel Craig wear like a big Native American headdress, <laughs> like do a <laughs> war dance at some point? That's what True. was really missing from Skyfall. <laughs> or, uh, or dress up in traditional uh, Mexican clothing for um, <laughs> Spectre during yeah, the Day yeah. of the Dead thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> The only other James Bond like globalized thing I can remember is uh, I think it was the Tomorrow Never Dies where he's in China and they're like the whole the whole plot is the guy's trying to start a war with China so he's like in this stealth submarine like shooting missiles at both sides so he's like oh shoot a missile at the British shoot a missile at the Chinese and they're like the I remember the uh, Michelle Yeoh was the female lead in that one. So yep. there were a lot yeah, of a lot of scenes of them like driving through the like slums in uh, China and like destroying people's houses and stuff like that. That's that definitely helicopter. one of the best like most fun uh, weird like motivations or whatever because the <laughs> the the big villain in that is like a like basically. Um, Rupert Murdoch media yeah, yeah. mogul, and he's just trying to boost ratings by starting. Yeah, wars. yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because he like films. Um, he films his like second in command like mowing yeah. down so, a bunch of sailors. There's a I, X Men like? villain who does that too. I can't remember his name right now, but someone <laughs> who I've been following on Twitter is like big into comics, and they've been comparing this X Men villain to Donald Trump because of his obsession <laughs> with reality television and ratings <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> to bring it, to bring maybe it, it was Mo- to... is it Mojo is that the yep. vil- the X-Men villain Mojo yep. yeah <laughs> to, to kind of bring it back to this movie like when uh, so when Charlize Theron like tells Vin Diesel about her like plan about how she's going to get the nuclear codes and then she's going to get the nukes <laughs> when she starts talking after that <laughs> that was pretty pretty amazing because like it's kind of obvious like I think it, to me it was like the script like the writers just had that that's it ended they're like yeah we have actually we don't know where this is going and so like uh Charlize could you just like improvise something I'm the crocodile like, yeah it's like yeah I guess I watched this nature documentary a while ago and say something about that yeah yeah that sounds great just do that just riff on that that sounds perfect because there's no fucking, there's no, nothing that she says makes any sense. Like there's no, no well, sense I, whatsoever. Well, I, you you were well, you were the one who missed. Uh, you didn't watch the man who stole the sun with us, but it's basically the exact yeah. same reasoning as that guy. He's <laughs> she just wants to have nukes. So because if you if you got the nukes, then you're you're the king. 
No, right. that, make, that makes sense. But like she, the way she tried to try to explain why she wants the nukes is like so weird. Like no, I get it. The way it. she tries nukes. to explain like, everything is like, so weird. Say no more. Say no more. I get it. Nukes. Yeah, I get it. Because if you, you have know, nukes, you can, you can make the television keep the baseball games on longer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like that's the best reason to build a nuke of all time. It's, it's I like, hate when television like cuts away from a baseball game to the. <laughs> the news <laughs> yeah it's like like if you were a terrorist that's like the winning the super bowl as a terrorist mm-hmm. is getting a nuke like i understand yep. that's yep. like no no reason to explain why you want them but like Cypher, sure why you, not you've got the nukes what are you gonna do now i'm going to disneyland <laughs> <laughs> i do think it's funny to give a villain like a completely incomprehensible reason to steal a nuclear <laughs> weapon though because you're just like this person is crazy everything she says stopped. is incomprehensible though like, <laughs> they call her everything, cypher yes. and then all of her dialogue is indecipherable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. she's like it was fate think normally you go to this store but then today there was a wreck <laughs> And then they were out of the tomato soup you like. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what? Black coffee. What did it usually take? Black. I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> oh, <What? man. laughs> like, I, I would like the, the look that Vin Diesel had on his face, which he kind of continued throughout the whole movie, at least in that moment, I was like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> you're what, what is right? going on right Me now? Me too. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. I also like how. She's just—it's the same name as the villain from the Matrix. It's like, right, what, yeah, do you yeah, think we're absolutely. gonna forget a movie that came out twenty years ago? <laughs> and yeah, we're gonna go back to that well. Or the yeah. villain from Final Fantasy VIII. Nice. <laughs> it's also named Cipher. Um. Final Fantasy VIII, Fast and Furious VIII, connection. Yeah, with all these. boom. Uh, FF8. Yeah. <laughs> Some nerds wrote this movie. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. You want to say something about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, she says, like, I'm putting the world on notice. And I was like, that feels gross right now because, like, the <laughs> last time I heard about somebody putting someone on notice, it was, um,. Uh, uh, Michael Flynn talking about putting Iran on notice, and I was like, "That's uncomfortable." Like, that guy's a real scumbag. Yeah, but I was thinking anyway. more like Stephen Colbert or yeah. whatever. Well, I'd be oh, yeah. willing to bet that they this. that they filmed that before uh, yeah. Michael Flynn said it. No, Michael Flynn said it years ago. It was oh, like, years ago. It okay. was when Obama was still president. Was when he said it. Oh boy. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. Well, that was why I, everyone was like uh, mad that Trump put him in, in in the first place. They're like, this guy is an unknown, like very <laughs> outspoken Islamophobe, and now he's going to be in charge of. Well, at least he's not but, in charge of anything now. Well, yeah, his replacement yeah, super worked cool. out great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh well, at least he gave, they gave that line to the bad guy in this one. So right. Yeah, just like the dreadlocks. Very They're easy to dislike her character in this movie, though, so that's good, at least. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting that so far, Ghost in a Shell and now this movie 
where Scarlett Johansson, who won my award for Best Actress uh, that uh, the year that Lucy came out, and then Charlize Theron, who had also a pretty great performance uh, in Mad Max, that was like kind of universally heralded. Now they're like basically toe to toe for my worst actress <laughs> of the year, and like it could just take any like I guess ScarJo would be like it's hard to take this movie seriously in any way. Like ScarJo's is like probably more deserving of a worst actress because that movie is like treated a bit more seriously. But still, they're both like pretty equally terrible. So yeah. far to me, I mean, uh, Miley's favorite performance was Michelle Rodriguez in this because <laughs> she's acted yeah. asked to do a lot of emoting, and to yeah. me, every time it was like I could see like something where it felt like she was like. This is the face that a sad person makes. I'm gonna make that face now. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, Miley's I favorite performance anything. was the big bearded guy. Yeah, Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty bad. <laughs> and Scott That's Eastwood fair. again too. Like Scott Eastwood, def like oh. way in the running. If we had a worst supporting actor award, they're really we trying do. to they're really we trying to wedge Scott Eastwood in oh, there. Oh, excellent! <laughs> yeah. We yeah. do. Yeah, I forgot that we do. It's true, of course. I don't think I'm going to add anyone to this movie to any of my nominations. <laughs> I don't think any of them were that bad, in my opinion. <laughs> like there were a lot of not good ones, but nothing that I hated. ScarJo is is uh, on the list, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't hate this movie nearly that much. Like I, I would say I disliked it, but I I don't think I hated it at all. Yeah, well, there are movies that I liked that are nominated for some bad categories. Bad yeah. Yeah. Some bad categories. <laughs> yeah. Some <laughs> For me right now, because I'm keeping uh I'm finally realized that in year four of doing this, yep. that I'm like, yep. hey, maybe while the year is going on, I should keep up <laughs> with how I feel about like you know my best scenes and my awards, and just like write down nominations, and then I can make my final decision when I have like a list of like seven or eight people, as opposed to like the day before the we do week. it, like yeah. looking <laughs> through the movies that I've watched and making a decision. Yeah, I'm like, I should write these things down. But I do have the Basil method. I've been doing that since year two. Boom. (laughs) You you're always ahead of the game. You took notes for like (laughs) six months before I started taking notes. (laughs) I still don't take notes. (laughs) That's why your commentary is always the best. I will (laughs) never take notes. (laughs) I didn't take notes during this movie, although I could have because the couple next to me wouldn't put their phones away, so I might as well have taken mine out. Just just type it. I asked them multiple times. Like, the the movie was starting, and I was like, could you put your phones away, please? It's really distracting. And then they did for, like, a second, and then, like, ten minutes into the movie, they were doing it again, and I was like... I'm not going to keep telling them the whole movie. She's just but. taking your phone out and then just typed fuck you on the screen and just like leaned toward them. <laughs> really big. <laughs> she just, yeah, she just hacked hack their phones, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you just got to die. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, you're an accessory to murder. Yeah, <laughs> you're an accessory. <laughs> uh, 
And then just send a bunch of cars flying at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just, just imagining just like throw all the phones cars at them. Yes. <laughs> Piling into a sea and flowing down the aisle. Just a big pile of phone. When I went to go... Most... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, when I went to go see Happy Hour, there's like a really big message before they play uh, movies at that theater at the Bell Court that just says like, uh, no, it's like no phone usage during the movie. If anyone is using their phone during the movie, please speak to someone in the lobby about it. Like they made it very, no one used their phone during the movie. Yeah, nice. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 Uh, um... Alamo Draft House. Yeah, that's uh, what I was gonna say. Yeah, they're they're the ones that really started having that message. They're very aggressive about it, and the Hollywood Theater here in Portland has, I mean, which is basically just like trying to rip off the Alamo Draft House in terms of like what it does. Uh, it has a similarly aggressive message that they will kick you out. Yeah, the um, the theater that uh, what's his name? That documentary guy who did Roger and Me and um, oh, Michael, Michael Moore. Moore. Yeah, Michael Moore. He has a theater that he made. I think if you use your phone in his theater, you get banned. Like, For life. You're not, yeah, you're nice. not allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> that, that place also has heated sidewalks outside. That sounds pretty yeah. awesome in Michigan. <laughs> heated cool. sidewalks. Yeah. Stay nice and toasty while you're waiting in line for the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like way off topic, but like I uh, recently I was, I was in Berlin and uh, uh, this this uh, guy that was uh, homeless sold me uh, like a paper, like a homeless paper that they mm-hmm. have in Berlin, like a local paper for homeless. And like one of the articles there is talking about how some shops have now instituted this thing on sidewalks to not let homeless people sit there where they would just have like spikes rise from the bottom Jesus of, Christ. The, of the uh, thing to not like and then they would they would do this at night uh-huh. right? so during the day you won't see them but like at night these spikes like rise out of the ground and like just so people like if you're asleep and then like this thing this sharp thing just like wounds through your body you wake up and you have to run away probably and then the other thing they do is like they have these water spurts that they just shoot water at the opposite sidewalk as well so like they would just like they they have like whenever the store closes it starts like shooting water so that people also couldn't like stand or sit on the sidewalk they passed a similar law, I want to say somewhere in California, but yeah, before I think it's San the Francisco. Sy- yeah. yeah, that was where I thought too, but I didn't want to say if I wasn't sure. Um, but before it was implemented, it was overturned by the state Supreme Court as <laughs> not being legal. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Kind of, kind of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like a- Abercrombie and Fitch, I think, does it. Um, I think like Gap does it and like a couple of other like stuff like stores like that. Yeah, what was crazy about it was it was at a church in San Francisco too. Yeah, it was a church that wanted to do it. I was like, oh boy. Yeah, Jesus would Um, hate your your poor (laughs) poor people. 
stupid poor people. <laughs> do you know what you know what they do with the homeless in Utah? They give them homes. They just give <laughs> they just give them a house. And homelessness has decreased by like thirty percent since this program started six years ago. Nope. Uh, is know. that the guy that was on the Adam Ruins Everything yeah. podcast? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, he was yeah. on the show. I don't. I don't. I don't. He was on the show. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He does a podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he talks. Yeah. He talks to the experts for a lot longer on the podcast. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's. It's nice. It's cool. Nice. It's That's good. pretty cool. <laughs> that is like so much better than <laughs> all, the, all this other shit. <laughs> you you never believe it's like. Well, what do the home, homeless need? They need homes. Right. <laughs> if you oh give them God. a home, the their, li- their the life people. <laughs> just improves so, so dramatically. Yeah. It's like, huh? Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely saw a statistic that like there's more than twice as many empty homes in America as there are homeless people, so. Yep. Because capitalism only creates things for yeah. profit and not yeah, for yeah. need. Yeah, there's like plenty of houses standing here too, like apartment houses, because like some people own them and like haven't been able to figure out what to do with the house, what to do with the property. It's just like four or five stories of like probably 30 apartments. They're just standing empty because the Jesus. fucking owners can't figure out what to do with them. Right? Yeah, like, I, like in the U.S., the main thing stopping programs like this from being widespread is people who worked very hard to get their homes being like yeah. no and i worked like, hard well, those people should suffer just get it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah totally you can't have Good. what i have without For doing free. exactly what i did to do it <laughs> get it yeah I, I hate my life. life miserable has, job. Even though yeah. your life has clearly been way worse than mine, mm-hmm. and like this would do like would would mean such a be <laughs> in such a completely different context than what had happened to me. But yeah, I was really annoyed those thirty years when I was saving up for my house, and you don't get to cut corners for my annoyance. Uh, yeah. Cool direction for this podcast. To Definitely. Come. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> We'll never be super villains. We don't have the. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll also just... never be superheroes because we don't hate poor people enough to just <laughs> run rampant through their countries. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're never yeah, gonna um, drive a Humvee through a shanty town. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I was. You were talking about some scene, and I think you said in Japan, like getting destroyed. And yeah, I immediately thought of Bad Boys too when they just drive. <laughs> <laughs> that town and destroy it and then also police story when they do the same thing no. they just destroy that town <laughs> and in part of Fast Five yep yep shanties driving through the for fl- on dri- dri- driving through the favela just wrecking people's they, houses they're just running away maybe I'm remembering it wrong I'm thinking of the scene when Hobbs first finds them, and they're like running away from them. Oh, on foot? But isn't there, there's a part where they actually drive through. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Maybe I'm mixing movies up now. (laughs) Maybe I'm getting bad boys too. Every movie is bad boys too. (laughs) Bad boys too. (laughs) (laughs) Getting bad boys too. I mean, it is pretty iconic. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's the most capitalist thing that has ever existed. <laughs> Let me drive this bright yellow Humvee through your shanty town. <laughs> Well, no, that's just really a repetition of the same scene in Romancing the Zone, except for instead of, you know, doing it through poverty, they do it through the jungle, you know, so that's, that's, yeah. so that's the difference between Reagan and Bush. Reagan was destroying the jungle, and Bush was throwing poor people into the blender. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, Reagan was killing the environment, Bush is killing just, you know, poor people. Um... Man, I wonder what 2018 action movies are going to be like in the <laughs> Trump era. Because obviously all the ones being released now, they were made before yeah. when they thought it for sure he was going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're either going to like really resurrect the idea of Russians being the ultimate evil, of like behind being behind everything, or they're going to go the exact opposite direction. Um, and... Uh, Suddenly you'll have like Russian heroes. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll have Russian action heroes. I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like they're gonna try and continue the the blank oh has boy. fallen series or something. Like I feel like there's gonna be a contingent that really wants those kind of movies too. I really hope now that uh, like that we get further down the rabbit hole a little bit and Michael Bay makes like a Putin biopic. (laughs) Oh man. Wow. There is literally no other director that would rather want to make a Putin biography. I just want to like Michael Bay, like swing around shot of Putin just on a horse with no shirt on. Like, (laughs) Just like the the Michael Bay like wrap around uh, like yeah. three sixty camera move while he's like kissing a baby on the stomach, <laughs> dunking his face into like big jugs of milk because that's apparently what like real Russian presidents do, <laughs> like, like shit like that, just gross shit. I like the first hour of the movie is just him being like a KGB bureaucrat and just like learning how to like really stomp people under more and more paperwork like <laughs> like just being like a really like adept like uh, <sighs> shitty manipulator and like being like knowing exactly when to say something shitty about someone so that then someone else who has more power than him would like be really mad at him and like be, like send him somewhere else and then like that way would be for him to climb the career ladder like just so much potential for a great movie Fantastic. Speaking of something somewhat similar, um, apparently someone is trying to move forward with the uh, Piss Pig Granddad movie, and he oh, does not yeah. approve of it. He doesn't want Whoa. them to make a movie about him um, because he knows that they're going to make a white savior movie, and he's like right. a white guy with a Middle Eastern army, and right. they're going to make it about the white hero who abandons his life to... Yeah, fight evil in the Middle East, and he's like, "No, please don't make that movie." <laughs> <laughs> but they're going yeah. to. I yeah, mean, how can yeah. they stop I mean, they themselves? Just, yeah, <laughs> there's already like a huge story. I mean, um, I hope Oliver Stone directs it. I'm sure <laughs> Scott Scott, Scott Eastwood is going to star in it. Uh, <laughs> oh God! And it's just going to be Joseph like American Gordon Sniper, Levitt. like yeah. American Sniper Two. 
Well, I was going to say, like, actor already yeah. mentioned on this podcast, uh, we should, Jake Johnson would be a good cast choice for oh, this yeah. pig granddad. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I like how none of us know his real name. <laughs> yeah, I was just like... <laughs> well, wait a minute. Uh, I could figure out his real name. Wait but, a second. Uh, Let me look up the... Was- <laughs> Jake Johnson's in the new Mummy movie. That made me a lot more excited for it. Oh, yeah. Is he in a he, Brendan Fraser role? No. He, well, no, the new Mummy is not at all like the Brendan Fraser movies based off the trailer. Um, okay. Like, it looks really, you know, gritty. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, like, uh, I, I was going to mention that earlier, or the last time we tried to do this podcast, I was about to say that one night. <laughs> got broken off with it yeah he he's in the mummy trailer and I was like whoa he's not acting like Jake Johnson at all in this trailer mm. and I was, it was weird it would be funny if he was acting like Jake Johnson <laughs> it was like trapped in this like huge yeah. blockbuster movie <laughs> well, what was whoa, he, what this dude doing whoa. here <laughs> what was he like in Jurassic World I didn't see that movie was he still Jake? Oh, he's like um, he just plays oh, right. one of the nerds, uh, like yeah, working in the control center. He doesn't even do, he doesn't have any action scenes or anything like that. Mm. He's just um, uh, flirting with what's her name from Comedy Bang Bang, Lauren Lapkus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's still Jake Johnson. <laughs> yeah, very Jake Johnsony. <laughs> yep. um, but uh, combining those two things, trailers and Michael Bay. I already told Basil this, but I really like the trailer for the new Transformers movie. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't it yet. I thought the cinematography, and it looked like Michael Bay's best cinematography so far. But then again, I feel like his cinematography has been getting better and better oh, recently. No. That was why I was the only one who didn't hate the last Transformers movie, is because I thought that movie was pretty good looking. Yeah. I've not watched it. Even though it was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so long. Oh, glad you could look past the uh, crazy racial stereotypes in robots. <laughs> I just, I didn't like it. I just didn't hate it. <laughs> I feel like he's good at shooting like sunsets with American flags like waving. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The Texas, the Texas part or, uh, of the movie is really pretty. Or uh, American flags floating in a pool of rubble at the end of 13. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> the collapse of a one, once great <laughs> nation can be tied to this singular event that Hillary Clinton is responsible for. Um, if only our paid assassins could have successfully defended that diplomat. <laughs> oh man, I've been I mean soldiers, interview. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not, not hitmen. <laughs> not contract killers. <laughs> not mercenaries. Nope. No. Uh, I've been listening to that uh, podcast that um the intercept does intercepted and the episode that i'm listening to is talking all about blackwater and it's very very unsettling <laughs> good old blackwater eric prince oh, is good friends with I, uh, donald trump apparently uh 
his big granddad's real name is Brace Belden. Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah, I heard that name. I'm not going to remember that, though. I remember Piss Pig Granddad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember the name Brace. Brace That's a crazy yeah. name. Brace, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, at first I think when I heard that name, I was like, oh, I bet that's his, like, cover name. Yeah, well, his actual it name. reminds me of, um, did anybody ever play the game Cave Story? <laughs> no. I sure did. There's a, yeah, there's a character in there named Curly Brace, so that's um, what it reminds me of. Is... My only uh, <laughs> tie, uh, I can't believe we're still podcasting, my only tie to, um... <laughs> <laughs> to Cave Story is there's an old English sketch where um, two of the people are playing roommates and arguing with each other, and um, Adam, the guy who's in Adam Ruins Everything, he was in Old English, um, he's, he's playing Cave Story, but you can't see what he's playing, it's just the music or whatever, and he keeps leaning yeah. out of his room and yelling, yeah. and like every comment on the video was like, Cave Story! Cave Story music! I love Cave Story! And I was like, oh, people really like Cave Story, I guess. Yep. <laughs> also, it's an easy game to use because it uh, yeah, it's was free. released. Yeah, yeah it's, it's free. free. Like it's the freeware. person who designed it, designed it to be free, so everything about it is... Not copyrighted. Yeah. Yep. Play music. Cool. I, That'd be cool. <laughs> movies really uh, <laughs> exploited that, and someone's sitting with like a PlayStation Four controller, and then it just cuts to old cave story graphics. <laughs> My <laughs> first thought was the scene when um, uh, what's her name, Chloe Sevigny, is playing video games in Demon Lover. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> naked, just playing cave oh, yeah. story. <laughs> Yeah, instead they just got an Xbox game that no one bought, so I'm sure that they didn't have to. Like, I'm sure they just contacted the company that made it and was like, hey, can we use your game in our movie? And they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) As soon as they signed the contract, they're like, oh, yeah, it's about torture porn. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about Furious Eight, eight. Uh, I think <laughs> or we, Seven. Eight. Said all we had to say and more. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about the my favorite one always, which is number six. But I think I am all talked out on the rest of the series, including the one yeah. that was the star of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was really disappointed that we weren't more split. Uh, I was talking to Steven, and he just spilled the beans that he saw you liked it, even though I guess somehow he forgot that I saw it opening day because we were podcasting it the next day. He was like, Huh, Ruben liked it. That's surprising. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're ruining everything, yeah. even though we've done this podcast once before. So yeah, No, no, I knew like I knew Thursday night. Like as soon as I saw the movie, I was talking oh, yeah. to him about it and then he told me and I was like, What I are didn't, you doing? I didn't rate it anywhere, which means he was looking at my lists for some reason. Because that's what yeah, I used to, looking, yeah. Yeah, I think he saw it on your 20, best of 2017 list or something like that. <laughs> Why? Why was he? Yeah. Steven, 
If you're listening to this podcast, why were you just looking at my lists randomly? <laughs> there is, I, I'm, I've started hiding my list. I have a 2017 list, but it's it's private. Mine too. Uh, sneaky. You guys are really sneaky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes no, private no, for me in December. I don't. I don't know if like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't need my. Right ent- I don't need my entire top ten to be. I don't know, a surprise, but unless we're podcasting did. about the movie, uh, I'm, yeah. I've decided I'm not going to herald or denounce any 2017 movies this year. I, uh, I, I forgot that last year I had like a phantom list up for most of the year. It was just, it was just like a, it was a, <laughs> you know, a fake list. And then I had the real list hidden. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm just well, looking for that reaction that Mitchell had to my number one. He was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think all of us were shocked by that. Nope. Not me. Well, I think actually, <laughs> honestly, honestly, uh, I was like a documentary I've never heard of. Sounds like Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like listening to the 2016 best of, I think Ruben did like the best job of hiding uh, his favorite. Do you, although like numerous times it was like kind of alluded to it. At one point, I think me, it was Mitchell that said, I th- and it was to Patrick when it was like, oh, well, what's your number one? La La Lad? That it was yeah. like, <laughs> and like Ruben said nothing. And I was like, that's some yeah. serious good pokering. That's like really good. Basil, <laughs> Basil called me out on it though. Like he, he was like, is La La Lad your number one? You were really cagey when Mitchell was talking about it on the Worst <laughs> yeah. of podcast. And I was like, I guess you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Which means yes. <laughs> nice. But that's yeah, the I first time. To... Mm-hmm. What? Oh, it's, yeah, I just... denounced it at the beginning of the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, I sort of didn't want you to. Like, I wanted to do that segment, and I was like, I hope Patrick doesn't talk about La La Land. But... Oh. Like, I hope I didn't want even want you to see it. I was like, I know he's gonna hate it. I hope he just doesn't see it. <laughs> I guess I could have talked about fences instead. I'd seen <laughs> fences before that too. Uh, I mean, but this was the first year that I watched my number one movie in December. But every other year, there's been, you know, multiple movies that made my top ten that I didn't, you know, that I watched in December. So there's still surprises. Clouds of Sils Maria was a surprise at number two in 2014. Sure was. Maybe even more excited to see it than I did. <laughs> I liked it. When we do our best of but it's, the 2010s and 2019, look forward to Clouds of Sils Maria making the yeah. list. <laughs> Maybe I was, was going to make a joke that everyone's top number one this year is just going to be The Beguiled, so it won't be a surprise to any of us. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Five way sleep. <laughs> Wait, what is the it's, beguiled? It's Sofia Coppola's new movie. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
Good times. It's the, going into the years, number three movie that I was most excited about. Although one of those I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see. Because I don't know if 24 Frames, I think that's what it's called. Abash Kiyostami's last movie is going to be released anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Mm. High hopes for the new Blade Runner now that I know that Lunev is doing it. Yep, yep. Well, we're going to be podcasting that one. Fingers crossed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's hope so. I do not have high hopes for the new Alien movie, though. What? <laughs> the I thought Alien the trailer movie. looked better than Prometheus, but still bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like, like, I don't know. It looks like all of the, like, the people who love Alien, like, a lot, who who give it, like, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes are just like, this is the Alien movie that I want to see. It's, like, hard gore and, you know, murder. And it's, like, all the shitty things about it to, like, and none of the good things. Well, Danny McBride is in that movie. That's weird. Yeah. Eric Bana's in it, too. And, Very bad um, and not as, not as surprising, but, yeah. Really weird. Uh. Yeah, I was surprised to see Danny McBride in the trailer for that, but I still was even more surprised to hear that he was writing a Halloween remake that David Gordon Green is directing. What? <laughs> <It's>, yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have to see that movie just because... Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yeah, that is very out of left field. <laughs> what? what is happening? Yeah, it stars Julia Benoche's Michael Myers. I'm just trying to think of a fourth very different perspective to just add in there. Yeah. <laughs> Since I feel like McBride, Gordon Green, and Halloween are three very different points on the yeah. film spectrum. <laughs> throw, Jake, j- throw Jake Johnson in there, I guess, too. Jake uh, Johnson is Michael Myers. He's kind of... Uh, I feel like he would fit in a David Gordon Green movie. In a David Gordon Green movie, yeah, for sure. I mean, McBride is in multiple, though. Yeah. Her Highness. David Gordon Green directed Her Highness. You sure did. <laughs> well, uh, that's right. Your your, I've never seen any of I've never seen any of his comedies. I mean, I've, I've only seen, seen two of Pineapple his movies. Pineapple Express. I saw Pineapple, yeah. Pineapple Express in the theater, actually. Me too. I keep forgetting that's his movie. Yeah. I keep thinking that's like Judd Apatow or whatever. It's the it's the Judd Apatow oh, group. Yeah. He's part of the gang now. G-G-G. I watched. G-G. Undertow, a movie of his, because Kristen Stewart was on the cast list, and then she was in it for like 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. It was a bad movie. (laughs) Does she like die in it, or is she just in it? Uh, No, she doesn't die in it. She's just like someone's very brief love interest, and then the story is like not about that. Right. I barely even remember the movie. It's the same thing with Jumper, although Jumper I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's in the very last scene of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the setup for the sequel that never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the discussion of the movie, but I really hope you enjoyed 
everything else after the that. Of not the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, if you are enjoying things that we do, you can find our content at loosecanons.net, L-O-O-S-E-C-A-N-O-N-S dot net. You can also, of course, subscribe to your po- to our podcast if you haven't already using your podcast listening application, and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes using your computer if you want us to benefit <laughs> somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then you can email us at loosecannonspodcast at gmail.com and we have a message board as well that you can visit that so far only me, Patrick, and Matthew have used. Yep. Uh, Basil, uh, Basil posted something, but as a guest, uh, I wanted you to oh, sign yeah. up so I could make you a moderator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I should really do that. Oh. something on our own message board. That's true. Yeah, we can... Uh, I guess we can, like, um, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, I just have something to bring up once we stop recording. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so bye. Bye. Classic. I think we nailed it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.